Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of Stand Up For The Truth. We appreciate you guys, your prayers, and with all the spiritual warfare going on in uh, the lives of Christians, especially those on the front lines, we thank you for lifting us up. And uh, let's do that right now to open up this podcast. Father, thank you for giving us another day to live, to, to really do your work that you've called us to do. And we ask you to teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Guide us by your Holy Spirit one day at a time. We know that we can do all things through Christ. We ask for wisdom because we need a lot of it. And also uh, endurance as we face a lot of things that are very disappointing and potentially overwhelming in our culture and in our country. But God, we are here to fight for the truth of Christ. So may we be gospel proclaimers and truth defenders and uh, just give us uh, your Holy Spirit guiding us today and uh, show us what to do as our eyes are on you. We love you. Lift up this hour and this day to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we are so blessed to have back with us Sam Sorbo, today's guest, an author, film producer, historian, actress, host of the nationally syndicated Sam Sorbo Show. She's a homeschool advocate. In fact, we had her on uh, last year talking about homeschooling. Very important. She's an education activist. Of course, wife of Kevin Sorbo. And Sam wrote many books. One of them, They're Your Kids, An Inspirational Journey from Self-Doubter to Homeschool Advocate. She starred in the film Miracle in Texas, produced, co-starred, and co-wrote Let There Be Light, and the book we're having her talk about with us today is called Words for Warriors, Fight Back Against Crazy Socialists and the Toxic Liberal Left. Love it. Sam Sorbo, welcome back to Stand Up for the Truth. Thank you so much for having me. It's always great to be here with you. Well, thanks, Sam, for your time. Uh, Let's get an update on what you and Kevin have been working on. I know he's been recently Uh canceled, censored, if you you know, digitally assassinated on Facebook. Um, and I go. read an article over at CNS News that uh, the left is out for blood, and, man, they're coming after Christians and conservatives. Tell us about that fight, that battle in your lives, and uh, whatever you want to share with us to update us. So what I love about your audience is they're, they're also in the Word, right? So they, so they understand the, the spiritual nature of this, the, the, um, the tactical warfare that's happening. And uh, so I just want to point out, my book, Words for Warriors, is dedicated to the Word. And think about this for a minute. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then the corollary to that is Jesus came, for what reason? To testify to the truth. Mm. So what we have to understand is the left is anti-truth. They are anti-Word. They're anti-God. There's no two ways around it. Now, you'll find people who, who, who try to kind of equivocate and, and rationalize their position, but if you are, if you are pro-Democrat Party today, then you must be pro-dismembering children inside the womb, mm-hmm. and you, that is anti-life, that is anti-truth, 
that is anti-God. It's it's really that simple. And I'm I'm sorry if that offends people. Um, You you can get offended, but you can't mess with the truth. So the left says, but you have to tolerate my viewpoint. Well, what's the most intolerant thing we have? The truth. Mm. The truth will never tolerate the lie. Mm -hmm. That's why the left is insistent that you tolerate them. And... The, the, and then the caveat to all of this is they know that they are lying. They know that they, that they are not in the truth. They know that they're not in God because they hate God. They hate the truth so much. And so that's why I wrote my book, Words for Warriors. I'm trying to sort of embolden and empower people to, and galvanize them, if you will, to get into the fight. We need, poor, we need, yes. we need more people. I know that, you know, God reduced Gideon's army down to the 300 instead of, you know, 30,000 or whatever. <laughs> I know that that happens, but we still need the fighters. We still need people to get engaged. And, and by the way, if you're not in the fight, then, then, you, then you're against us. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. Like, you can't sit on the fence any longer. And I appreciate you saying that because so many pastors, and I call them patriot pastors that we've had on this podcast over the last year, have been talking about the fact that we need believers in this battle, not to back out and avoid politics and believe the lie of the separation of church and state. But you said something very important, getting back to John chapter 1. The beginning was the Word, 114, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. There's a balance there. But going back to Genesis, this is part of the problem we're having in our culture today. You remove God, the existence of God, you remove truth, you remove his order, and that would be his creation, then male and female, and the gender surrender we're seeing today, everything else trickles down from removing God, (laughs) doesn't it? It really does. In the beginning, so God spoke. God spoke, and the universe came into being. There is power in words, and the left knows it. Mm. So my book is about how the left is taking our words and destroying our language, right? Yeah. And uh, I started, the, the whole thing started off for me, and this was a, an epiphany for me in the, in the past couple of years, to, that, it, that it, look, think about it. Why does the Bible say, in the beginning was the Word? That's the oddest turn of phrase. What is that about? <laughs> well, it becomes very clear when you understand that the left, knows be- the left knows the Bible better than we do. The devil knows God better than we do, right? And so they've, they've taken the words, and they've changed the meaning. So now we have right-wing fascists. Mm-hmm. That's a completely made-up thing. That doesn't exist. Fascism is left-wing. Fascism has everything to do with communism, socialism, Marxism, progressivism. They have the same artwork. They have the same color scheme, black and red. They have the same leftist uh, uh, violent tactics. Look at the, look at the uh, violence that happened over the summer. And yet there was, there was a, a dust-up at the Capitol on January 6th, and all of a sudden, those are right-wing fascists. No, they're not. They were left-wing agitators that came to make all the, the Trump supporters look bad. Yes. So, you know, and, and so they're taking our language. They took fascism. They've taken other words. They've taken the word man. And now, now man means woman. Excuse me? No. No, it doesn't. And so we have to stand up for that. We can sympathize. We can say, we're, we're very sorry that you feel ostracized by language, but language is language. Don't try to change it. It is what it is, because if we lose our language, and this is the, this is the big point, this is the big idea that I want to get across to people. What do you say to a child who is about to lash out and hit another child? You say, no, no, darling, 
Use your words. Tell him how you feel. Tell him what's going on, right? What's the thing that we say before we go to war? We don't want war. Let's try what? Diplomacy. Diplomacy is words. Diplomacy is communication, conversation. Argumentation is our last bastion before violence. Hmm. Now, here's the thing. The left wants violence. That's why they seek silence. They don't want conversation. Nope. That's why they try to shut it down. They shut it down on college campuses. They won't allow people to speak. They just digitally assassinated my husband off of Facebook. They do not want the conversation. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it doesn't stop at they don't want the conversation because the conversation will prove that they're wrong. They really don't want the conversation because they desire violence. What do so you... that's what we're up against. Exactly. We're, we're not up against, well, why won't they listen to me because I want to make my point, and then they will see the light. They so don't want to see the light because their end goal is violence. That's mm. the problem that we're facing, and we're not willing to admit that to ourselves because mm. we, we want to think nicely about other people. Yes, we do, and Christians always have a habit of giving people the benefit of the doubt, but we must no longer—I mean, God have mercy on their souls, save them. They need to hear the gospel. They, their hearts need to be changed by Christ, but we must show them no mercy politically. And what they're doing in this country, they're, they're shutting down speech. You're, you're saying something very practical. We should be able to have civil discourse. We should be able to have these debates and talk about issues of importance. But they know their ideas are horrible, and the public won't <laughs> go for most of them, their policies, their ideas, most of their anti-Christian policies. And so they have to deceive people to do that. By, by the way, That's we're talking— That's why they lie. yes. They lie about everything. And if you look at Biden's first, 100, first 50 days, <laughs> he accomplished a, a whole bunch of stuff that wasn't part of his platform that he never mentioned. The Mexico policy, mm-hmm. never mentioned it. First thing he does in office, basically, was make sure that the United States taxpayers are funding abortions abroad. Yes. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what is the church doing? Well, gee, that's that's not politically correct. I'm I I, sh- I shouldn't be mentioning. No, we need the churches to get involved. And by the way, it's not just on pastors, folks. I know you you might be disappointed in your pastor, but if he doesn't hear from you, if he doesn't get your support, you're just hanging him out in the wind to dry. No, 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 no. We need to go and support our pastors and say we need leadership on this. And I support you. I want you to talk about abortion from the pulpit. I want you to chastise people. I want you to chastise people about submitting to draconian mandates about masks that have yet to be proven. And by the way, there are plenty of pastors, there are, there are plenty, there are a few pastors out there who are taking the lead on these positions. And so if, if your pastor isn't, then refer them to a pastor that is and say, this is what I'm looking for in a pastor. You've got three weeks to get your act together, or I'm going to change churches. Mm. Because if you're going to church, not to hear leadership, you're going to the wrong church. Oh boy, we could go down a whole nother road with that conversation, but the, the gospel has obviously been watered down, and we've got a lot of uh, your best life now theology out there invading the Christian church, which has weakened us mm-hmm. as a body of Christ. But we're talking with Sam Sorbo today about her brand new book, Words for Warriors, samsorbo.com. Uh, Sam, you say they've hijacked words and used them against us. True. But we're going to take them back. How do we do that when the left controls every major institution in America? 
how do we start this process of taking words and meanings back? Well, this is the good news, right? So you, you say that the left controls. Don't say that because they, they don't actually control every major institution. We still have our voices. Is it, is it going to hurt? Are they going to try to punish us? Absolutely. I mean, they just, they, they just completely disenfranchised 550,000 Facebook followers from my husband. Mm-hmm. Those followers ought to raise a ruckus. They ought to be saying, where is Kevin Sorbo's page? And why are you persecuting me and not allowing me to see what he posts? And how do you know how I'm reacting to how he posts? Why are you second guessing my ability to think about the things that he posts? How dare you? We need people to be stepping up and saying things like that. And you can go on Twitter and you can, you can rate, you can start a campaign on Twitter. Bring back Kevin Sorbo's Facebook page. And I'm not doing it for Kevin. Bring back Gina Carano. Bring her back to Mandalorian. And by the way, I just want to point out that she mentioned, she did not point any fingers. All she said was that a government like the Nazi government that, 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 basically waged a campaign against Jews to turn the German citizens, the non-Jewish German citizens against the Jewish citizens is no different than the government that wages a campaign to turn um, citizens against each other based on political ideology. That's all she said in that tweet. And yet she was fired. And I just want to know how the people who fired her knew that they were the Nazis in her story. Hmm. It's, it's some of this is really disturbing what's happening. It's more like a communist nation than a free republic with a First Amendment and a Second Amendment. But some of but, what we're seeing but, in this right, cancel we've culture. Got, we've got Prager University. Let's yes. support Prager. Yes. We've got Ben Shapiro. Let's support Shapiro. Let's go to Daily Wire. Let's go to Blaze TV. We've got Glenn Beck. Mm-hmm. We've got, you know, the Sean Hannity's and the Tucker Carlson's. And you can write letters and you can uh, send emails. And as long as they are seeing the support, many of the business decisions will be made on that. Now, some of them are not. Clearly, the, the business decision, here's, the, here's what we're facing. We've got a leftist ideology that has infected agitators, and the agitators are working overtime. And so now we've got businesses out there that are sort of responding to agitators that are, that are working against us. Well, we need to rise up and say, no, I don't want my business responding to the leftist agitator. I want them representing my values. Hmm. We're talking with Sam Sorbo, the book Words for Warriors. Um, Sam, I looked at many of the endorsements, just uh, some great people, Sean Spicer, (laughs) Eric Metaxas, Mike Lindell. Um, But you know what? I read this book years ago, um, Ted Nugent. um, I think it was called Ted White and Blue. Just so impressed with that. He's a warrior, man, for the Constitution and for free speech and for really the, the founding vision of America. We've gotten so far away from that. And this is a question back to the homeschooling uh, topic. We've gotten so far away from what the founders envisioned and teaching true American history. You are a very involved homeschool advocate. Um, what can you share with some of the Christian parents that are listening right now about what's going on in the public schools and how to get back to that? Yeah, if you're not spending all day with your child in school, then you're sending your child into the swamp. Like, I I just, and if you're a Christian parent and your child is enrolled in government schools, I I don't have words for you. Hmm. Uh, You've been warned. Your child will be turned against you, you, your ideology, 
uh, your principles will be turned against you because the government schools now are out for blood. They're teaching pornography. They are sex trafficking the children. They're grooming them. Mm-hmm. They are um, they they are destroying math. I don't know if you've seen the the this latest thing where they're saying that math is racist. Yes, and that we have to take the racism out of math. I never looked at the number two and thought that it was judging me. I <laughs> I don't know where they come off no, with that. I don't either. Um, but I will tell you this: for them to say that is for them to say. Now follow me on this. What they are saying with math is racist is that black and brown people are too stupid to learn math. That's what they're saying. Hmm. And I resent that. Well, I think we should, we should all resent that. On behalf, of, on behalf of any minority, I resent that. And the minorities ought to rise up and say, how dare you basically say that I'm too stupid to learn math? Because that's what they're saying with that. Hmm. Okay. So, you know, and, and that is now infecting our schools. Yes. For any parent who loves their child, to leave their child in an institution like that is, I mean, I, look, I, I don't want to speak this harshly, and yet I, I, I think that they're, they, they're leaving me no choice. Mm-hmm. If you love your child, you, he would be better served not having, an, a, what, what I'm going to put in air quotes, an education <laughs> than going to a school to be schooled. And if you think you cannot educate your child yourself, but you went to school, then you didn't get an education, you got schooled. Because the mark of an education is the ability to teach it. Okay? So if you're going to admit to yourself that you, don't, that you are not educated, and yet you're willing to conscript your child to the same fate that you suffered at the hands of the, of the public institutions. And, by the way, they're worse now than they were when you went to school. I've got nothing for you. I've got nothing. You can keep your child out of school, and he will do better and, and, and do nothing with him. Just, you know, obviously don't just let him run wild on the Internet, but, you know, give him a couple of books. But basically, don't even supervise his his quote unquote education. You could do that and probably end up better because you'd have a better relationship with your child. Hmm. And it all starts with relationships. Yes. So let me say this: education used to be, and please try to follow me on this because this I it, it, it's I I uh, I've been out for so long that it's hard for me to um, to relate to people who are still in the system. But education used to be. Mm-hmm. Teaching truth, beauty, and goodness. The discernment of truth, beauty, and goodness. That was actually, it was seeking God. Education was seeking God, okay? Now, it's the anti, it's the antithesis of that. It's yes. the re- reverse of that. So they are teaching students that there is no objective truth. Yeah. Okay? That yeah. a man can be a woman, a woman can declare that she's a man, right? So there's no objective truth. Goodness? No, no. Goodness is simply in the eye of the beholder. Uh, you know, what's my good? What's your good? It, it, if it's his good, looting is okay. If you really need it, the insurance company will pay. Right? And then, uh, and by the way, that's a recipe for the, for the downfall of a society. Right there. Yeah. That's, that, that's the recipe for that. And that's what they're teaching our children in school. So there's no truth. There's no goodness. There's no beauty. Like, there's no such thing as objective beauty, which, of course, is ridiculous because we can all look at a sunset and say, wow, mm-hmm. that's beautiful. So there is objective truth, beauty, and goodness, but they're teaching the opposite of that. It is child abuse. Yes, it is. And isn't one of that—we've got to take a break, Sam. Isn't that one of their objectives to destroy 
society, and that's they're doing this little by little, incrementally. Sam Sorbo, the book is called Words for Warriors. We've got to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about what, what woke means, and then a new word that I uh, recently saw, COVID idiot, COVID idiot, COVID idiot. Anyway, you're going to have to explain that, Sam, when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Keep it right here. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Our guest is Sam Sorbo. SamSorbo.com, Words for Warriors, is her brand new book. Uh, Mike Lindell, founder of my pillow and CEO. We know what he's been through with cancel culture. He said, Sam Sorbo knows words like I know my pillows. Buy this book and get one for a friend. Good advice from Mike Lindell. Um, Sam, let's talk about how um, the left fights and fights and they never relent on their agenda. When it comes to elections, they lose an election. No worries. The next day they're fighting. We win an election and we kind of take four years off. Um, Kevin, your husband said, We need to be as passionate and hungry as the left is, but not in the same angry, divisive way they are. I think apathy is the biggest killer out there. And I'd love for you to, I know you agree with him, so share more of your thoughts on that. Yeah, so, I mean, he's absolutely right, is, you know, and and a lot of things, like, even even you in um, asking this question, you know, the left controls all of the institutions. With language like that, we're sort of setting ourselves up for not so much failure, but uh, but a reluctance to engage. Like, and so I would ca- I would caution people: choose your words wisely because they will affect your approach. Good point. So it seems like the left controls everything, right? Mm-hmm. But they don't because they still don't control my thoughts. If they really get a hold of the language, then they start controlling thoughts. So, for instance, we are not allowed to think the N word. OK, even and, and even though it's in the book written uh, Tom Sawyer or, you know, other books, and it is a historical word, it's sort of like we're not even allowed to think it. So so they are approaching that thought thought police status, but they haven't reached it yet. And we still have time. Um, I think Kevin Kevin mentions the apathy because it's it's too easy for us to just say, well, you know, I'll work on the next election. You're right. We get somebody elected, and then I mean, look what look what happened to Donald Trump. Look what they did to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, they eviscerated him. They they publicly just they 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 pulled out all the stuff, and there were so few voices standing in defense in his defense. Um, and and we ought to be standing in in. And I don't care. Okay, if you don't like Donald Trump, then pick somebody else. Mm-hmm. But you ought to be standing up for people who represent your values. And, you know, he represented our values. He is, uh, in fact, I did a whole movie about him. Uh, it wasn't about him, but it was, a, it was a pro-life movie talking about the fact that the only way to save this nation is for us to start valuing life again. Mm. And we have an entire left-wing party, an entire Democrat machine yes. that hates life so much that they support killing a baby outside the womb, Okay. I I can't miss words on this. And this is so crucial. And yet we had Donald Trump, who is willing to stand in the breach and be the most pro-life president we've ever had. The first president to ever speak at a March for Life. Okay. Yes. He was willing to enter the battlefield on our behalf. 
And yet so few sort of came out in his defense. All of the pastors in the pulpits ought to have been simply ranting and raving about how fantastic a president he was just for that one issue, just for that issue alone. And I mean, I, right. I could go on about other things that he did. No, you're right. We didn't have that. We were afraid to be canceled. We didn't see that. We were afraid to be That's called right. intolerant or hateful or support, you know, orange man bad. You support okay. him. Right. And we weren't looking so at the me, policies. Let me, I have a great analogy for you. The first crime scene is always better than the second one. The second crime scene is always much worse than the first. What do I mean by that? When you have a child, you tell the child, if there's somebody who's trying to abduct you, you fight then and there. You do not get in the van. Everything that you do rests on your ability to fight the first crime scene, because Mm -hmm. the first crime scene is always better than what the guy who's trying to get you in the van has planned for where he's taking you. That's the second crime scene. That one is always worse. Yep. Okay? Great analogy. I'm telling people the crime scenes are set. They want us to get in the van. They want you on the boxcar. Your silence is your complicitness in getting on the boxcar. And I'm telling you, the second crime scene is going to be much, much worse than the one that you might experience here with a little bit of cancellation. Oh, they might take your page down. Hmm. Oh, oh boy. They took your page down. You broke a nail. Get back in the fight. Because the second crime scene is always much right. worse than the first. You're right. And then I do want to I do want to say, um, SamSorbo.com has all my homeschooling helps. Um, I've been uh, coaching parents for for a while now. I've got a lot of videos up, um, and so and my my show airs every Friday at four thirty uh, Eastern on um, YouTube. So you can go to YouTube or you can go to my website. If you want to buy the book, not on Amazon, you can go to my website. I will, uh, I'll sign it for you if you want. That there's that option there. Awesome. Um, it's also sold at Barnes and Noble and stuff like that. It's it's number one on Amazon. Don't tell them though because they'll cancel me. <laughs> <laughs> well, praise God, we'll get it out to our listeners. And Sam, uh, do you want to talk about just for a minute about being either woke or being a COVID idiot? Oh yeah. So COVID, that's a Chris Plant thing because people have gone so crazy over COVID (laughs) and the numbers are not bearing it out. I understand at the beginning we were told 2.2 million deaths. That was huge. That was going to overwhelm our our facilities, our medical facilities and our medical personnel. That never came to pass. And yet people are still uh, just transfixed by fear. Well, fear is how the left controls us. Mm. Fear is how the left controls you. Yep. And so he just came up with that. I, I put a bunch of fun words in the book. Um, happy warrior is in there also because I believe we ought to be happy warriors. We know the truth. Yes. The truth has set us free. And so we ought to be happy warriors freeing the, the people from their fear. And, and, and by the way, like churches that stayed closed, shame on them. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of uh, courage and a sound mind. Yes. Um, so, you know, we, we, need, we need to use our sound minds. Fear is the, is the antidote to a sound mind. Uh, uh, lose your fear, work on getting a sound mind, and get back in the fight. Um, fear-gasm is also a, a word in the book. That's a Ted Nugent word. Uh, it, you know, <laughs> it, awesome. it refers to you know, the, the, the joy that people have in making other people afraid. Mm. Um, the headlines are all about making you afraid. 
not, you know, the, the, the tremendous fear that they engendered at the start has not come to pass. And, um, you know, my church in L.A., I don't live in L.A. anymore, but I still go to church there. They've been open since May 31st. No social distancing. Hmm. No, no mask. If you if you are if you are frail and you feel like you you are at risk, stay in your car. You can hear the sermon on your car and people drive to church and sit in the parking lot and stay in their cars. Hmm. Um, But but human beings need each other. The church knows that. The left knows that, and that's why it, it, they are targeting churches and trying to shut churches down while they keep abortion clinics and, and pot dispensaries open, okay? You've got to look at the facts and understand this is a campaign against you as a Christian, and the second crime scene will be a lot worse than this one. Mm. Uh, good warning. I'm glad you shared that analogy because we're seeing that. Uh, the media helped with their part with the panic porn and here we are. We're, we're, you know, it's an unknown virus. We're freaking out. But yes, the church needs to be the church. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. How can we minister to one another at the, one of the most challenging times in our nation's history? Last, a year ago, Easter, Sam, churches were closed on our really holy day. And uh, there's just no excuse not anymore. Yep. Well, not my church. Exactly. They did the social distancing and they did the communion and they. Um, they had all the social, and of course they've been targeted, mm-hmm. and they're they're trying. But we just won at the Supreme Court. Um, you know, we we need to exercise our rights, or we will lose them. Uh, and uh, if your pastor isn't doing that, then you need to form a community either to galvanize your pastor and put him out there, or to find another church mm. because the church needs to rise up in America like yes. never before. Because the only reason that America exists, and we are the greatest nation in the world. It's because of the church. It's because of the saving grace of Jesus Christ and his principles, which were love God, love each other. Those are the founding principles upon which this nation was founded. And that's the only reason that we have been the most successful nation in the world. We have offered the greatest leap in prosperity to the world, to, to humankind the world over. And once they get a hold of that, if they can quench that, there will be no other place to go. The second crime scene is always worse than the first. Mm. Thank you so much. And in the dark, the light shines brighter, and we've got to be the light again. Thank you, Sam Sorbo, the book Words for Warriors, samsorbo.com. Tell your Kevin, your husband Kevin hello for us. We appreciate his work and your voices of truth. God bless you. Bless you too. Thanks. Thanks, Sam. All right, uh, let's move on to a couple other stories here that we were talking about, at least the topics that we were on. One of them, um, I've got a notice from the uh, American Family Association, and they were really concerned, as most of us are, seeing what's happening in the culture, in the country, in the schools, as Sam Sorbo was talking about. Um, But I've got something from Tim Wildman who said, I grieve for America. And what does he mean? Because they get, I get these updates, and they send out all these newsletters, and they've got a great website, AFA.net. They've been around since 1977, fighting for Christians, for the faith, for free speech, for the family. And he said, I grieve for families who have lost a friend or loved one to COVID-19. I grieve for a nation so divided that those who have restored to violence and anarchy threaten the very fabric of the republic. I grieve for those who sit in the pews of many of our churches and never hear the life-changing, supernatural gospel of Christ. 
I grieve for businesses and families, particularly single parents, who are struggling financially. For the average citizen who, in vain, turns to social media or his favorite celebrities for truth and hope. But most of all, he said, I grieve for the coming generations of America's children and young adults who have believed Satan's lies regarding God's wonderful plan for human sexuality and happiness. And then he mentioned some statistics and some surveys, and I was reminded of one, and this goes back a year, and I'll get into this in the next segment. Um, this goes back from the Harvard Business Review. came out a year ago almost, April 2020, um, um, among Generation Z. And apparently Generation Z is someone between the ages of 6 and 24. They are even more deceived on the issue of gender than millennials. And man, they took a big hit, ages 24 through 45. But Generation Z, so the younger generation, is more confused, more deceived. Um, most of those families have abandoned truth. And here's where we are today. But it's interesting, each generation, as it gets younger, is going away from God rather than going toward God. Why do you think that is? If you've been listening to this podcast any length of time, I, I know you realize that it starts with our churches and what we teach or what we haven't taught for many, many decades, what we allow in our government-run schools and in our culture. What Sam was just talking about it. And I want to read that quote again. I think it's so important from... Um, Kevin Sorbo, who said, we need to be as passionate and hungry as the left is, but not in the same angry, divisive way they are. He said apathy is the biggest killer out there, and that is something that we have been dealing with for a long time. Let's just face it, in the American church. So, Generation Z, you ready for this? Almost 60%. Now, Generation Z, between 6 years old and 24 years old, 59% believe nouns other than man and woman should be used. And 25% of this age group believe they individually will change their gender identity at some point, at least one time in their lives. Where, what happened to us? 59, let's just say 60% of Generation Z, so 24 years old and younger. They have been taught, you know, if you repeat a lie often enough, people tend to believe it. Well, they're repeating a lot of lies today in our culture, aren't they? Look at what Romans 1, God finally gave them over to a depraved mind. They suppress the truth. That's how people are deceived. Now, let's clarify here. We've got three minutes left in this segment. Let's clarify one thing. When you talk about those who are evil, evildoers, let's clarify. There are deceivers, and then there are those who are deceived. So on the left, in this progressive movement, and if you want to talk about the church context, the social justice movement, there are deceivers. And then there are those who are deceived. Minions, useful idiots, what do I mean by that? Well, Stalin, I think, coined that term, meaning you know, you get them to do your 
you, you work your agenda, do accomplish your purposes. They don't necessarily believe in them. They don't necessarily even know what they're doing, but they're being used by the leaders in the movement, useful idiots. So you've got deceivers, those at the top, those who are the most evil, wicked in our government, in our culture, in the media, in big tech, in the public education system. You've got those, the NEA. <laughs> if, if you know some of the things they talk about in their conferences every year, their annual teachers conference, and some of the things they're handing down, unfortunately, there are some Christian teachers in our schools today, but they're getting marching orders from the mothership, the National Education Association. And it is an antichrist spirit driving this wickedness. And that's just the public schools. So <clears throat> back to Generation Z, if we now have almost 60% of those 24 years old and younger believing that different nouns should be used other than man and woman. This is the direction of our culture and our country now. Um, it was Abraham Lincoln who said, the philosophy of the classroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. In other words, Generation Z will grow up. Millennials have grown up. And they are now business owners. They are now in big tech. They're running some of these businesses that are censoring Christians and conservatives. <laughs> and anyone who wants to speak the truth, yes, we're being canceled. We're being censored. This is the progression of where we're at now. I've got an outstanding quote from Ken Ham when we come back, Answers in Genesis. And uh, we'll continue sharing a few more thoughts from Tim Wildman of the American Family Association. Plus, we'll get in a little bit of that article from the Harvard Business Review that companies can't ignore shifting gender norms anymore. More when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Keep it right here. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Okay, so that Ken Ham quote that I wanted to share with you, I think you'll find it, uh, really, I'm along the lines of what Sam Sorbo was sharing with us earlier, how Christians need to be engaged. And that we have a fight, and it's come to our doorstep now. It's actually come to our iPhones, computers, our, our whatever else, whatever messaging you use. It's not just free speech out in culture. And uh, this is what Ken Ham said. And it's not just about free speech, but he's talking about the importance of Christians being able to be salt and light as Jesus commanded. He said, many Christians have been duped into accepting a false idea that there is a neutral position they can take in regard to social issues. Some Christians even accept the myth that the U.S. Constitution declares that there should be a separation of church and state, and thus they don't want their Christian beliefs to influence politics. Ken Ham Answers in Genesis. I know people that love his ministry, that love Answers in Genesis, the foundation of our Bible from Genesis. The first 11 chapters, Ken Ham always talks about in almost every other conversation. He gets back to pointing to that messages that he, that he gives at churches and on, in videos. 
and how influential he's been getting back to the importance of teaching creation to our children. But yet I know some Christians who would disagree with what he said here. And it's a head-scratcher to me, and I know for most of our listening audience, most of you who have been with us for any length of time here at Standard for the Truth podcast, uh, it's a head-scratcher for you too because it's sad. Again, I get think of apathy. Come, apathy seems to be driving us in our own lifestyles, our own leisure, entertainment, activity, not being engaged and involved in the yucky stuff. Well, I don't see that anywhere in Scripture. I see the disciples preaching the gospel. Um, even when they were told not to, they were ordered not to. You see people throughout Scripture um, disobeying, governing authorities when it comes to prayer, public prayer, sharing their, the Word of God. Um, so many examples that when they knew something to be unbiblical. Think of, think of how Moses' life was saved because Hebrew midwives disobeyed the governing orders to kill all the babies, all the baby boys. That's how we, Moses' life was spared. And we've got Christians today allowing abortion, some even voting for it if you support the Democrat Party. And it's a head-scratcher because God creates every human life in his image. Every human life has value and is to be protected, but yet you've got the church kind of split on that, more so in the Catholic Church than in the uh, Christian denominations, Um, and they've been split for a long time. In fact, more of them, if I remember right, 60-some percent uh, vote for um, pro-abortion, baby murdering candidates when it comes to politics. Um, I think it's between 30 and 40 percent of the evangelical a church, if I remember right, I'm just don't quote me on that, but it's around at least 30 percent, which is still a head scratcher because you go, um, man, don't we don't we read our Bibles? Don't we know scripture on this? So let's get back to this article from uh, Tim Wildman, American Family Association. He said, I imagine some version of that tragedy. And he's talking about um, young children saying they're a different gender, they're a boy, they're a girl, or they're gay or lesbian or bisexual. He says, I imagine some version of that tragedy has already happened in your immediate family or church family, and yet we cherish those sons and daughters with a love only parents can understand. And then he said, it's, it's spilling over into every part of our culture. It's not just education, and it's not just Hollywood. In January, a couple months ago, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi announced a change to that chamber's governing document. The change would, ready, quote, honor all gender identities by changing pronouns and familial relationships in the House of Representatives rules to be gender neutral. This is your house, citizens of America in the United States. These are your representatives in Congress. But the Democrat House of Representatives now is, I mean, changing to be gender neutral, changing the House rules. This is your government, our government. Remember, um, Jerry Nadler famously said about a week and a half ago, 
that uh, what God's will is of no concern to this Congress. He's referring to the Judeo-Christian God, the only true living God, the one God. And so the Democrats are, are, you know, guys, I don't care if you don't want to talk about politics. I'm not. I'm talking about God. I'm talking about an antichrist movement that is changing, as Sam Sorbo was saying, changing words, changing meanings. They are reimagining our, really, our, our, our culture in a way that is so far from God Our founders would never have imagined it would get to this point. But here we are today. So anyway, Tim Wildman says, So I grieve, but I also fight. And that's one thing I want to drive home today, brother and sister in Christ. We grieve for what has happened in our culture and country. We grieve for those young people that are so confused or depressed being driven away from God, from everything that's programming them, from the media to Hollywood to government to the education system, but to they are suicidal. We grieve for this generation, but we also fight. And as uh, Kevin Sorbo said, we don't fight in the same way, not in the same angry, divisive way as the left. Why? Because our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It It is against the powers, the principalities, the forces of the darkness in the heavenly realm. So we know that for every human being, there's a spirit or spirits driving them. So in this other article that I told you I was going to get to, um, there's a educator and writer, S. Bear Bergman. Never heard of him or her, but let's see. Okay, it's a woman who claims to be a man, who identifies as a man. So she, S. Bear Bergman, claims to be a transgender man. She wrote a, a stunning admission over at Huffington Post, which I do not recommend them at all, but it's called, I have come to indoctrinate your children into my LGBTQ agenda, and I'm not a bit sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Um, we have to recognize it's out there, friends. Not everybody are. They're not not all evil activists. They're not all agenda driven um, God haters. They are not. And we have to love our neighbors. But there's a point where you have to wipe your the dust off your sandals, off your tennis shoes, off your feet after you share the gospel and try to love them with the truth and move on where you can do more work for God, where you can be more effective. There is a point. Are we at that point in this country? Well, over in this article, over um, from the Harvard Business Review, and this is, again, I mentioned this at the top of the show. It came out in April of 2020, almost a year ago. It's titled, Companies Can't Ignore Shifting Gender Norms. Here's the summary of it, basically. Because it does mention what um, the American Family Association was talking about, about the 59% of Generation Z believing that um, forms of gender should include options other than man and woman. Also, that more than 12% of millennials in the U.S. identify, that doesn't mean truth, it doesn't mean they are, it means they identify as transgender or what they call gender non-conforming. Makes me think of Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the world's ways or the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The only way you're going to be able to do that 
is through the Word of God. Renew your mind. Boy, do, do we need a brainwashing in the Word, <laughs> washing it with the water and the truth of the Word of God. So the summary of this article basically says the conversation around gender is changing worldwide. Now, this was a year ago. More than 12% of U.S. millennials identify as transgender or gender nonconforming, and a majority believe that gender is a spectrum rather than a man-woman binary. Compared to millennials, Gen Z's views on gender are even more progressive. Um, are even more progressive because companies are starting to realize that this shift is no longer something they can ignore. And this is what's sad, friends. This is when corporations are backed into a corner. Some of them are agenda-driven. Others are just backed into because of public pressure or the powerful LGBT lobby. But addressing new perceptions and realities around gender isn't simply about creating inclusive policies, changing internal information systems, or including pronouns and email signatures. It's about understanding how gender norms and the binary and the binary affect all of us, and it's about reimagining how gender appears across the entire company, from market research to customer experience to the products you sell. Organizations that expand their focus to truly understand and respond to this change may start to recognize the much bigger business opportunity in front of them. So they're asking, um, what gender identity options should we include in our recruiting, in our uh, HR systems? How do we reconcile those identifiers for our reporting to the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission and others? So um, businesses and companies are being backed into a corner. A lot of them are in tough spots, friends. I want to remind you that, yes, this nation and its churches are, for the most part, uh, declining, following a tragic downgrade. That's not all, but that's most. The remnant is powerful. Thank God for his Holy Spirit and those who, are, who recognize what's happening. We understand the times, and yet we're willing to fight for the truth of Christ. But it says, um, but especially since 2020 and what happened last year, what we saw... Um, Christians and conservatives in this country have, a lot of them have gained resolve and clarity. So thankfully, I think um, a lot of people are waking up, trying to raise awareness, trying to rally the remnant and trying to recruit more believers. <laughs> Let's recruit the saints, right? Uh, the pastor's job, one of the pastors and teachers' job is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. You and I, friend, one of our jobs is to recruit the saints. Not get them saved, God willing. If you're in a church, you are already converted and saved. That's a whole other conversation for a whole other time because a lot of people are not converted and truly saved. They're saying they're Christians. But our job is to recruit believers into the fight, into this battle, because it's, it's not going to end until Jesus returns and we do await for that blessed hope and the glorious of appearing of our great God and Savior. But it will not end in this life until Christ returns. So we've got a choice for the battle ahead. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, will you fight for the gospel, for the truth of Christ? Uh, we'll let you know who our guests are next week when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. 
Stand Up for the Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now, we wrap up today's Stand Up for the Truth. Monday, we've got Washington Times journalist Cheryl Chumley. She's got a book out called Socialists Don't Sleep, Christians Must Rise or America Will Fall. I'm looking at it over on Amazon if you want to check it out over the weekend. Socialists Don't Sleep, Cheryl Chumley, our guest on Monday. And also, uh, keeping with Author Week, I mean, we, Author Month, it's been amazing. We, we've been blessed to interview so many wonderful authors. Um, got a few more coming up uh, later this month. But uh, Tuesday next week is prophecy expert John Haller. Uh, love his updates. Um, we will also hear from Jay Siegert. And he's been traveling, and man, the warfare seems to be hitting our vehicles and our schedules. So pray for Jay. Actually, any of our guests, just pray for them. Whenever someone comes on the podcast, if you hear a name mentioned, pray for their ministry. Just can be a quick prayer. God, protect them, provide for them, continue to meet their needs, and use them effectively for the kingdom of God. So just looking over this last month, it's been amazing some of the authors we have had on. Carl Gallup's his book, The Summoning, Steve Smotherman, uh, Eric Jackson, Farrell Christian, Dr. Erwin Lutzer on Monday we had, uh, We Will Not Be Silenced, uh, J.B. Hickson, his book, uh, Jake Jacobs, uh, Wednesday with Mob Rule, yesterday, brand new book from Todd Nettleton, When Faith is Forbidden, today, Sam Sorbo, Words for Warriors, and again, that book Monday, we'll be talking about Socialists Don't Sleep. Christians must rise or America will fall. Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you. I know in your life, too, spiritual warfare has probably increased, ramped up a little bit. That is, if you are out there, if, you, if people know you're a Christian, we will face opposition. But we trust in the one true living God, and greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Keep shining that light, friends. God bless you, and as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.